0: The disadvantage a brand new investor has is he or she's not seen that before. The disadvantage you have is you have seen that before. Yep. Both are true. True. Agreed. How do, you, how do you fight that?
1: I spend my life trying to prove myself wrong.
0: I'm Scott McGrew. Welcome to Sand Hill Road.
2: Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you.
0: I could stay here forever.
2: Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.
3: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole?
0: That's the sound of a company called 10X Genomics, debuting on the NASDAQ marketplace this past September. Then, the very next day, it was Cloudflare's turn, a security company on the market after its IPO. And venture capital firm Venrock had funded both. It's an awesome week. That's Venrock's Brian Roberts. Take me back to that week. I mean, describe to me anything you wish about that week.
1: That was quite a quite a five days. Not for me. Yeah. Uh, I sent out some emails <laughs> to the founders and CEOs yeah. and was like, "Take a really long nap, <laughs> right? <laughs> Get some sleep because they have been going nonstop. Right? You have meetings all day with new investors. After those meetings are over, you have follow up calls with investors you met the prior days, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's a both exhausting and exhilarating process for them." Um, you know, I'm sitting there holding the water bottle. You know, at the at the mile ten rest stop in the marathon.
0: <laughs> Brian Roberts is a partner with Venrock, a firm he's been with since 1997, and he's turned out to be a savvy investor. He looks, to be honest, like a more handsome version of the actor Damian Lewis, who plays Bobby Axelrod in Billions. Venrock put 15 million into Cloudflare, about 20 million into 10X Genomics. What did you see in those companies? What did you see? in mm,
1: Sure. So, um, Cloudflare, in fact, originally, in 2000, early 2011, I think we invested, um, was literally a piece of paper from a couple of folks from HBS. Um, and the thing that was interesting to the whole firm about Cloudflare was the notion that Cloudflare would get a bunch of customers, and when a security web issue came up for one customer, they could fix it and propagate that for the whole community. 10x is now the leader in single-cell genomics uh, in the life sciences tool space, the The thing that interested me about 10X was a dramatic increase in the ability to multiplex experiments. So, um, many experiments in genomics have historically been done on what got called 96 well plates. So, you did 96 experiments at a time, right? Um, They completely changed the the critical path item in how you could parallelize experimentation. Um, and we're able to do experiments 100,000 or 500,000 at a time, which just allows you to, A, decrease the cost of experiments, which is super useful to people, um, but also dramatically increase the information creation. Um, and it was that sort of Step function change in knowledge creation that got me interested in that company. Both of them were super early stage, you know, almost nothing existing investments when we made them.
0: Forbes writes Roberts is a down to earth guy with a PhD in chemistry and chemical biology, essentially runs Venrock, though he doesn't trumpet that fact.
1: True. I guess so. Which part? <laughs> I'm not gonna. I, I won't apply well, as to well, let's whether I the PhD I in I chemistry is that's, accurate. Accurate. that's true. That's true. That's right. Um, I did. I got my. I did my PhD really in synthetic organic chemistry um, in the mid '90s, uh, and then joined Venrock uh, in '97, uh, and have been here ever since. So twenty odd years now. Um, we. I'm the person at Venrock who is charged with. Communication and culture and culture rudder kicking. <laughs> I think uh, most venture firms actually don't need someone to manage people. Right? It's a very outward facing. People are very independent, self starters. Like they go out and do a bunch of stuff. Um, I think lots of venture firms benefit from uh, improved ties that bind people together and teamwork and stuff to make the effort. Um,
2: Mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't
0: get any better than this.
2: Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place.
0: I was talking with Chris Farmer recently who uses machine learning and artificial intelligence to try to make a lot of investments. It's my understanding
1: that you don't use it at all. I I try not to use Really, any sort of pattern recognition in making investments, whether just you know Brian Roberts has been doing this for a while, or anything even more structured and you know technology savvy uh, as as machine learning or data science. Um, and mostly, it's because I have found that um, everything changes. Right. So, like you would know as well as I. There's all sorts of different examples of you know, who were the three or four people who came up with something like the iPhone before the iPhone, right? And it all failed. So, like, if, in fact, the iPhone hadn't been developed by Apple, but been developed by someone new, you know, and they come up to you and be like, hey, iPhone, and you'd be like, well, I saw the other three, they all failed. This is ridiculous. So, time changes, people change. And so, the most important thing for me to do in evaluating an investment is, number one, for sure, finding a big problem that I'm really interested in, right? where I believe something has changed that makes it a tractable problem when it wasn't previously. Number one. Number two is finding a person to partner up with and try and help over the course of the next decade, who I think is not only smart and determined and stuff like that, but is always putting the company's interests First, right, and has a huge amount of resiliency. Um, and if I can do those two things, and then just every time I look at an investment, rebuild it from the ground up. That's that's at least my process. I worry that for me, pattern recognition would trend into sort of almost intellectual laziness, right? Be like, oh, I've seen that before. I don't have to actually do the hard work of trying to figure it out again.
0: Let me tell you what Rory O'Driscoll from Scale Venture Partners told me about this. And okay. It's long, but it's the same idea. I think in venture, the number one non-negotiable negotiable thing, thing is this. If you find yourself recoiling against the new and
2: dismissing
1: it, you need to quit. To be brutal about it, you need to quit. You're done, right? If you lack the curiosity to check, the curiosity to look, and if you find yourself instinctively saying, you know, I saw that 20 years ago, that won't work, then you need to either change or get out because you will absolutely fail. Yeah, I think it's absolutely true. Like, it's, um, there's a, like a whole bunch of people, and actually all of us, we're all brought up, right, to sort of build on the knowledge of what we did the prior year, right? There's like this sort of layer and layer of knowledge building, books that you get, tests that you take, et cetera. Um, and it's such a problematic approach in venture right you like you almost have to be constitutively weird right and and want to do things that are new all the time even though intellectually it's hard right like it's and it's a pain and you're always setting yourself up to be in the sort of murky ambiguous place cuz most stuff that you evaluate in venture there's not a right answer right now right it's not like I've oftentimes uh, thought about it, it's it's not like playing chess, like where there's a right answer. It's like playing the early rounds of whatever, you know, seven-card stud poker or something, where there's still cards to be turned over later that can completely make what you thought was the right answer the wrong answer.
0: You don't get on the Midas list at number 50, Without using some past experience, building on past experience, on the other hand, that past experience can lead you down the wrong road. the The disadvantage a brand new investor has is he or she's not seen that before. The disadvantage you have is you have seen that before. Yeah, Both are true. True. Agreed. How
1: do you How do you fight that? Um, I spend my life trying to prove myself wrong is sort of the easiest way to put it. Like anytime I have a notion, uh, I will call people, talk to people, think about why why is this incorrect? And to some degree, if I can't convince myself it's incorrect, then I'll go make the investment. Let's go back
0: to uh, Cloudflare. I've talked to Matthew Prince. Uh-huh. Um, in fact, I talked to him a couple of days After he said he woke up in a bad mood. This is the Daily Stormer (laughs) issue.
1: You know this issue. Yes, I do.
2: When Cloudflare CEO Matthew Prince decided to make the Stormer the first site ever to be kicked off his platform. (laughs) Other web hosting services had dumped the site already. (sighs) The guy who perhaps has the
0: most power. I'll break in here with a backstory, just in case you don't know it. Daily Stormer was and is a racist website, far right, neo-Nazi garbage and nonsense. It protected itself from denial of service attacks from hackers by using security companies like Cloudflare. Lots of websites depend on Cloudflare run by Matthew Prince. So, he wakes up in a bad mood, and he essentially takes Daily Stormer, which we will all agree is an awful, awful, awful website. Yeah. Uh, his actions essentially take it offline. Uh, he then recognizes that this gives him a tremendous amount of power that he probably shouldn't have. You are a board
1: observer there. What What did he say to you about this? So, um, in all honesty, I think he recognized the... Uh, the conundrum of that power before he kicked the Daily Stormer off. Like, I think if you go back, I think you'll see some blog posts that he had. Like, he was um, extremely thoughtful about uh, the double-edged sword of censorship on the internet by a very small group of people right? Um, and it was actually fascinating before he kicked them off. Um, I brought this conundrum up to my very liberal, very feminist 17, then 17 year old daughter. Right. Um, I am in a, I'm in a, uh, fight to the death to convince her that the world is very gray and not very black and white. It's probably true of every 17 year old. Right. Um, and so I brought this whole notion up and, uh, She said, "The Nazis like you got to be kidding me." Corey, kick him off. Like, okay, what if it was your website, right? What if it was the Washington Post? Like, take your pick, right? Um, And so, uh, I personally greatly appreciated Matthew's thought set on it. Um, My understanding of what flipped Matthew on the topic was that the Daily Stormer came out and said. hey, Cloudflare didn't kick us off. They support us. Ah, they were asking for it. Right. OK, that couched in a, you know, in a, in a wonderfully apocryphal look. I'm in a bad mood. Be, be off with your head. Right. <laughs> like the Queen of Hearts in Alice in Wonderland. Um, but the the line that they tripped was um, that they publicly described Matthew's very principled approach to this notion as one of explicit support for their cause. That, obviously, was a total no-fly zone. It is a good reminder that
0: what happens in Silicon Valley has these huge reverberations across the world. I mean, decisions made in boardrooms not that different than this
1: one can can affect all kinds of amazing things. And? It's um, it's a very concentrated group of people, right? Who can do it, and right? who often think and look similar. <coughs> totally, yeah. exactly, right, right. You've you know in the internet infrastructure world, right? You've got Facebook and Google and Microsoft and Amazon and Cloudflare, right? Like mm-hmm. it's 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 a and it's, as you as you note, it's a it's not necessarily a hugely diverse group from a background perspective.
0: When you invested in Cloudflare, when you invested in 10X 10x Genomics, you were saying they were very not much more than just pieces of paper. True. Uh, What made you understand that those, and I don't mean the specifics of their businesses necessarily, but how did you say, yes, here are two pieces of paper that I think are going to be great companies?
1: The scale and need of the problem, the arbitrage or breakthrough in the approach, And the demeanor of the people was those three things. And again, it's, you know, lots of stuff doesn't work out, right? Um, So there's lots of work that goes on along the way. Um, But for me, those are the three requisite initial ingredients. You once wrote, I hate getting pitched. I don't
0: like sitting on one side of the table trying to discern the problems you're leaving out while you give me a world-is-the-bed-of-roses version of what you're trying to do. True. What? How do you like to be pitched? I mean, I realize you said you don't like to be pitched at um, all.
1: Honestly, uh, I, like to, I like to spend time with entrepreneurs um, over... More than, more than what many people hope would be a short funding cycle, to, to understand them better, right, and to understand their business better. Uh, I like to brainstorm with them about the business. So, OK, like, I get a 20-page presentation slide deck on things. OK, well, let's talk about the couple of things that are keeping you up at night, like what happens if you are successful at this? Then what happens, right? Um, what didn't go well last year? And it's it's in those interactions that I at least understand a lot more about the people, and the people become super important in the whole thing.
0: What keeps you up at night as far as investing, or the state of Silicon Valley, or the future of our economy,
1: or um the things that keep me up at night now are one i feel like the market has been so robust for so long that many people involved in companies in growth companies today have never seen what hard is really like and again that's it's okay Except for the downstream effects of, if you've, never, if you've never seen really hard, and then, when you come up against a hard problem, you may be less likely to spend the hard time to solve the problem. And so, my worry is, hard problems could be getting less likely to get solved, because people haven't been forced to push through them. A company hits an air po- an air pocket, and then a whole bunch of the employees are like, "Well, this company's not going to be worth ten billion dollars tomorrow. I'm going to go to some other company that is right." Well, that sort of talent flight um, actually then has a negative effect on the company that hit that hit the air pocket, right? And so um, that's probably my my biggest worry is that this whole ecosystem has. Become the great thing that it is because it solves problems, creates things that the rest of the world thinks can't be done. And if we start losing that and it becomes more incremental, then I think we lose a bunch of what's special.
0: Venrock's Brian Roberts. Sand Hill Road is produced by Sean Myers, executive produced by Sarah Bueno and Stephanie Adruni. For more interviews with Silicon Valley's most influential entrepreneurs, check me out on TV at Press Here. That's Sunday mornings on NBC Bay Area and everywhere in the world on iTunes at, at PressHereTV.com.